0: here the Morse Force in this uh, great endeavor that I'm launching which is live online radio on YouTube Facebook and all other affiliates right now there are about eight other affiliates and I'm going to get into what they are shortly in a while but um, I'm just thrilled to be able to do this thing live it's fantastic I've got David Rubin coming up uh, at 12:30 this afternoon uh, to talk about his new book Trump and the Jews. He is uh, the mayor of Sh- former mayor of Shiloh in Israel, and we will be uh, reaching him in Israel. He'll be live on this program. But meantime, I want to do a little open line segment and I want to welcome your calls. You can call this program given the fact that this is uh, internet through Skype, or just call the number 617 396 4830 617 396 4830 and I can put you on the air with me either by phone or if you really want to come out and do this I can you can click video and you will appear with me as a split screen so I'm opening this up I will be doing this um, most days Monday through Friday, generally at noon, and um, I'm going to really work in this coming year, especially uh, in terms of developing a consistent program with an online community. So come on down, the water's fine, 617-396-4830. Firstly, I wanna talk a little bit about the uh, The funeral tomorrow of former President George H.W. Bush, uh, that being George Herbert Walker Bush, president from uh, 1989-1993. And uh, I'm hearing a lot of comparisons uh, between President Bush and President Trump um, without really explicitly saying what the differences are. You know the, the the comparisons are not being done by people who think highly of President Trump, right? These are enemies of Trump. They're trying to hurt Trump, destroy Trump, end his presidency if they can. Um, and and the, on the surface, the criticism is one more of style, that Trump is not civil and all that kind of nonsense. But more fundamentally, there are very profound differences between them. And I'm not saying this to in any way denigrate president, president Bush. You know, I think he was relatively conservative. He upheld the Constitution. He was, you know, a, a good, reasonable president, and we were lucky to have him. However, I think it's safe to say that the uh, President Trump is a nationalist, and George W. Bush was an internationalist or a globalist. Uh, president Bush spoke often and explicitly about a new world order. That's not a secret. You can listen to his speeches, read the texts of his comments. Um, He did not, in my opinion, really understand and take full advantage of the collapse of the Soviet Union, which happened under his watch, uh, which really was a lot to do with President Reagan and his leadership and his alliance with other like-minded uh, genuinely liberal leaders like Margaret Thatcher, like Pope John Paul II, and like uh, Eastern Europeans like Lech Walesa and Vladkov Havel of of uh, Czechoslovakia. Um, and, and by using his position in the bully pulpit, a, a moral persuasion to compare and contrast the evils of left-wing progressive Sovietism to American model of individual freedom individual rights you know belief in God uh, Reagan went to Moscow and he prayed publicly in a church you know these things were revolutionary over there and also Reagan tightened the screws on Russia uh, economically he he apparently spoke with heads of, of American corporations telling them not to renew contracts with Russia you know I mean obviously in a context of that they they didn't have to. This is America. People can do that. But as, as a matter of patriotism, to not expand their contracts, not give Russia anything extra. And so he put economic pressure on Russia. And the combination of that and this spiritual message, the contrasting of the evil Russians, the, what he called the, the uh, evil empire, with American freedom, had everything to do with the collapse of the Soviet Union. And I don't think President Bush really understood that. I don't think he took advantage of it. Because President Bush wanted to create a global interdependent um, paradigm. And that paradigm is now crumbling, in my opinion, thanks to people like President Trump, who stands for the exact opposite. President Trump is a nationalist in the best sense of the word. President Trump is patriotic i think bush was too but you know i'm saying he was he was patriotic to the constitution as the as the supreme law of the land under god he believes in the concept of national sovereignty which means that the nation state in this case the united states has a right to put its own interests first that means securing its borders and Deciding who enters the national home and who doesn't. That's a natural thing for any sovereign nation. To have business policies that favor American industry, favor American labor, and not see these see that being taken advantage of by the economic machinations of foreign nations like China. And by the way, President Bush, President Trump, just had a major victory at that G8 summit in that he got, uh, and listen to this, this is really unbelievable. He got Chinese dictator Xi Jinping to agree to continue to uh, trade and, and, and purchase American farming, agricultural products and agricultural equipment and other concessions at zero tariff in exchange for the United States not raising the tariff for three months. That is a huge concession. That is a major deal. Would not have happened otherwise. But what's interesting, and this gets me into my next subject, is that Xi Jinping's people, I don't know if he said this, but, you know, some of his media outlet, and that's all controlled. You know, China's still a communist country. They said that they hope that the Mueller investigation goes well. In other words, they're hoping that Trump is overthrown by this fascist entity that is being allowed to continue in this country so that three months from now they won't have to worry about about new tariffs because there'll be a new regime. They were very open about that, right? Which tells you everything you need to know about this agenda and which ties the Mueller fascists in with this, what President Trump accurately calls the deep state, and which is definitely part of this internationalist view that the late President Bush represented and which President Trump rejects and rightfully. Um, The Mueller investigation is an attempt by any standards to overthrow this government. Um, I'm going to uh, mention two articles that I see here that, that pertain to this. This one is the Conservative Tribune Bombshell exonerating Trump evidence uncovered in Cohen docs, Mueller kept it from the court. All right. The decision by President Donald Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, to plead guilty to making false statements to the Senate Intelligence Committee has been described as nothing short of a bombshell capable of taking down the Trump administration. (coughs) This impression has only been bolstered by Trump tweeting about it, essentially calling Cohen a Judas, saying he lied for this outcome and should, in my opinion, serve a full and complete sentence. Okay. The political discernment behind these tweets will be debated for some time, but therein lies a great problem with the tweets, at least from what we know so far. And um, this is an author and commentator, Paul Sperry, worked with the New York Post. He analyzed what we know so far about the indictments, in an article published Monday by Real Clear Investigations. Contrary to the en vogue media theory that Cohen's guilty plea is the falling domino that will topple the entire Trump administration, Perry wrote that while we know thus far from the Cohen filings, is actually exculpatory for the president, even as Cohen is admitting he lied about how long he was involved in proposed Trump real estate project in Moscow, by the way, which is not illegal. President Trump did nothing illegal. I mean, you'd hear uh, you know, MSNBC talk about that this is a crime and this is, he should be more than impeached. He should be hung in a dungeon for having a business dealing with Russia. Perfectly legal. He is, after all, and was an international businessman, something that the left doesn't understand. And he did have dealings with countries all over the world. Perfectly legal, perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The fact of the matter is as far as the Russia thing is concerned, it didn't happen. There was no deal, eventually. There was no money that exchanged hands. There was nothing signed. So they could scream all they want about that. There's nothing to it. And whether or not Michael Cohen, his lawyer, spoke to some Russian about it on on March or in April or, or April tenth or not doesn't matter. The fact is that it was perfectly legal for the, president elect, for the president, while he was running for, for pre, the presidency, hadn't been elected yet, to be conducting his business. Maybe he shouldn't have been, in my opinion, he shouldn't have been, but he did nothing illegal, nothing wrong. And we have to realize that this is the first time that we actually have had a businessman running for president and serving as president. So, you know, these are new precedents being set. We're used to having either a lawyer or a political hack or a general. So President Trump is different in that way. Uh, All right, moving on. The nine-page charging document filed with the plea deal suggests that the special counsel is using the Moscow Tower talks to connect Trump to Russia. Again, that's ridiculous. There's nothing wrong with President Trump trying to build a hotel in Moscow. At least as far as we know, and it either way it didn't happen, so Congressional investigators with the House and Senate committees leading inquiries on the Russia question told real clear investigations that it looked like Mueller withheld from the court details that would have exonerated the president. They made this assessment in light of the charging document known as the statement of criminal information filed in lieu of an indictment when a defendant agrees to plead guilty a fuller accounting of Cohen's emails and text messages that Capitol Hill sources have seen, and then still secret transcripts of closed-door testimony provided by a business associate of Cohen. That includes a punitive link to Russian leader Vladimir Putin in an indictment everyone seems to be mesmerized over. On page 7 of the statement of criminal information filed against Cohen, which is separate from but related to the plea agreement, Mueller mentions that Cohen tried to email Russian President Vladimir Putin's office on January 14, 2016, and again on January 16, 2016. But Mueller, who personally signed the document, omitted the fact that Cohen did not have any direct points of contact at the Kremlin and had resorted to sending the emails to a general press mailbox. That would be like my sending an email info at cbs.com. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Sources who have seen these additional emails point out that this omitted information undercuts the idea of a back channel and thus a special counsel collusion case. All right, it goes on. I'm not going to go on with this. And it has more evidence. The point is that Mueller chose to withhold this information because it didn't look good for his case which brings up very profound questions about whether or not Mueller and his team of thugs might be trying to overthrow the government. You know, that's not, there are legal questions about that. That should be investigated, actually. You know, withholding information in the course of a, a trial, that's not legal, right? And this is a basic, this is not just some omission. And Mueller by the way is a long-time fixer. He was the FBI director when Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State conducted the uh, uranium 1 deal which apparently made sold 15 to 20% of America's uranium supplies to a company in Russia, right? Then the Clinton Foundation got a lot of money and Bill Clinton was flown to the Kremlin where he delivered a speech for a half a million dollars in cash. So you know, that's, that's been reported, by the way, by the New York Times. It's not some right-wing paper. Um, and Mueller was FBI director at the time, who signed off on this, right? So let's talk, I mean, they could talk about Russia collusion. I mean, I think that he has a conflict of interest. He was probably, very possibly, or very probably, or very likely, involved in Russia collusion. So, uh, you know, this, this whole thing stinks, and it's getting uglier by the minute. You know, The the uh, there was recently, and this is another subject that I'm not going to go too far into, but there was an FBI raid on a whistleblower's uh, home. The whistleblower made available to a Senate committee information about what I'm talking about now, the Russia uranium deal with Mueller. Um, he's protected under the whistleblower laws, but yet his uh, office and home was ransacked anyways. And... Uh, that's going to come to light because he had his information properly sent to Congress and it's a little late for that. Meanwhile, Mueller is continuing to squeeze these poor guys and force them to, to commit, you know, to lie in exchange for not going to jail because allegedly they committed perjury. That's really what his case is. Alan Dershowitz accurately said that he's cre- creating crimes. And maybe the final straw will come about because of my, old, my good friend, Jerome Corsi. He's been on my program before. I don't know him, but he's a great man. He's standing up to Mueller. And he has filed a criminal complaint yesterday against Mueller. Let me just read this from the Western Journal. Conservative author Jerome Corsi filed a criminal and ethics complaint against special counsel Robert Mueller on Monday alleging his team threatened prosecution if Co- Corsi refused to provide false testimony against Donald Trump's presidential campaign. Fox News reported the 78-page complaint filed with the Department of Justice and the Department and the DOJ Inspector General stated, quote, "Dr. Corsi has been criminally threatened and coerced to tell a lie and call it the truth." Quote, special counsel Mueller and his prosecutorial staff should respectfully be removed from his office and their practice of the law and a new special counsel appointed who respects and will obey common and accepted norms of professional ethics and the law and who will promptly conclude the so-called Russian collusion investigation which has been illegally and criminally spinning out of control. According to his complaint, Mueller's team wanted Corsi to testify to acting as a liaison between Trump campaign associate Roger Stone and WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, regarding the release of hacked emails from the Democratic National Committee. The filing reads that Mueller's office, quote, knowingly and deceitfully threatened to charge Dr. Corsi with an alleged false statement, unless he gives them false testimony against Trump. This is the kind of stuff they do in a Soviet country. You know, they they went over, he turned over all his emails to them, they went over it with a fine tooth comb, they then found something in there, and they asked him about it, he didn't remember it, and so they go, aha, you're lying. We have you on perjury. At the time, they dismissed it and they accepted that explanation. But now they're zeroing back in and they're threatening to use that omission as an excuse to put him in jail unless he testifies the way they want him to testify. Talk about a star, you know, like a star chamber legal system. I mean, this is exactly what, by the way, they did to, uh, to uh, Scooter Libby. You know, oh, I was at the hotel in March, but yet it was actually April or some little technicality that he forgot. And they got him, they claimed he lied before Congress or under oath. And then they threatened to put him in jail. I don't think with with Scooter Libya was quite as bad. I mean, he actually did go to jail for this. And he was fully pardoned by President Trump. But in this case, they're threatening to put Corsi in jail unless he lies in such a way that helps their case. And they apparently have done this with others. And they want to do it now. Oh, my God, the the left-wing members of Congress and people over at MSNBC, they're they're going to try to get Don Jr. Oh, my God, they're going to find something that he said that wasn't exactly right before Congress. He got this date wrong, maybe it was that date, and they're going to threaten to put him in jail. They figure this is really what they have. On president Trump they'll put his son in jail that will make him move that'll bring him down isn't that great isn't that a Isn't that wonderful in this country that we have that I mean this is what they've come down to this is it's you know I'm going to conclude the end of this show by just saying that this kind of hatred for Trump is more than just vicious and hateful you know that's for the boobait for the bubbers out there the left wingers who all just viscerally hate Trump and they have no idea why because they're a bunch of brainwashed you know, automatons who are goose-stepping around. Ooh, he insulted a a federal judge. It's the end of democracy. Oh, and by the way, there are some intelligent people who say that. They don't know history. They should see the way Jefferson treated John Marshall. Putting that aside, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the witting people on the inside, what President Trump accurately calls the deep state. They want to take him down. They want to remove him from office. They want to do it, not because they don't like him, which they don't, they despise him, but because of his America First agenda. They have to stop that, which brings me back to my original topic. They don't want nationalism. They want hyper-nationalist internationalism, which is what they are. The nanny state running all aspects of our lives, nationalized health care, nationalized education, nationalized welfare, nationalized military, and they want to tie it into a, a, the rest of the world, which would be doing the same. That's what they're about. And, the, they, and President Trump is waking people up every day to the falseness of it, which is why they're not just criticizing him. They want to stop him. They want to destroy him. And that's why the, the Mueller committee exists. And it exists under completely false pretenses. And all I can say is that I pray every day for President Trump and for his health. And I'm awestruck by his courage and his perseverance. I've never seen anything like it in this lifetime. And I think every one of us, liberal and conservative, by the way, we should be grateful and we should be relieved that, that we have a man like this in that office who actually believes he is president. The last time we had something like that, I think it was John F. Kennedy, but we'll put that aside, and Reagan to a certain extent as well. Um... But but that's what we're looking at right now. And all I can say is we better wake up. You know, regardless of your political background, do you want to have a country that is the rule of law or do you want to have a fascist nation which goes after people with this kind of bully boy tactic where they're going to browbeat a 72-year-old man and get him to lie until they're going to put him in jail? I mean, Jerry Corsi is a tough guy. He has said, I'd rather go to jail and rot in jail for the rest of my life than lie and and destroy everything I've worked for all my life. And and I just admire that. I mean, that's incredible. And I hope that he holds up because President Trump, and especially as we get into this almost French Revolution atmosphere that's going to take over Congress in January, I can hope and pray that the American people wake up and realize that it's not only in their interests, but it's the interest of the country that we stand up for what's right. Anyway, thanks for watching everyone. My books are available at amazon.com. My name is Chuck Morse, and I will be trying to do this program Monday through Friday around 12 noon. Thanks a lot, everybody.